I'm on a mission. A mission to speak with the most inspiring people from all over the world. I want to know their stories. I want to know what stories they used to tell. And are those the same stories that they're telling today? Or did they redefine that story to overcome limiting beliefs and achieve their dreams? I want to help them share their stories. Why? Because I know the power of the story. I know that it can make or break you. It can give you the world or it can tear it apart. There's always two sides going down in your head and you get to choose. Will I listen to the one that's trying to stop me or the one that keeps pushing? These are their stories and this is the stories we tell. What's up, guys? It's your host, Jamie Messina, and we have another awesome show for you today. My mentor, my coach, Robbie D'Angelo, is with us, and he shares a little of his story of how he um, he went from an All-American football player who maybe was overweight, not feeling so great in his life, depression, anxiety. He was at the top, got knocked down, and then climbed his way back up. Um, and he shares that story with us today. He's a best-selling author, college All-American, and uh, he's in pretty good shape now. I gotta say that too. Um, but let's hear what he has to say. But first, if you haven't hit that subscribe button, please go ahead and do that. And if you find value in today's episode, if you hear something and you're like, yes, this is it, please do us a favor, go and give us a review five stars preferably, um, and uh, so that we can reach more people. My goal is to reach a million people at least worldwide, and if you give a review, that helps more people to see it or share it with somebody that you think could really benefit from hearing this episode. So let's see what Robbie has to say, and uh, I hope you enjoy the show. I have here with me Robbie D'Angelo, which by the way, I was I was um, envisioning our talk and announcing you, and then I'm like, Robbie D'Angelo is such a stage name <laughs> like you should be like you know what is it the uh, mike what's his name the dancer oh magic mike yes magic mike but robbie d'angelo um anyways welcome thank you for joining us uh guys robbie is one of um my mentors actually and i'm excited to hear his story because we haven't really got into your story because every time we chat, we're kind of talking about me, right? So I was um, excited to ask you to come on and, and share with us. And uh, yeah, so welcome and thank you. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. Um, so excited to be here. I know, that, you know, we've grown so much together over the last few months and I'm so excited about continuing your journey. And yeah, we've never really gone into the depths of my story. Um, so I'm excited to share a little bit. And hopefully we can help some people today. Absolutely. So here's the deal. The, the podcast is called The Stories We Tell. And the, the idea is, you know, we all have stories that we tell ourselves. And the story that we pay attention to or that we give energy to, that's the one that is basically creating the life that we live, right? So I know for anyone to get, most people start with a story that isn't necessarily empowering them. You know, sure, there are a few people that right out of the womb are just like, whatever, I'm going for this. But the rest of us kind of go through things that help us to grow, adapt, and, and lead us to where we are today. And so I want to know a little bit about you. I know your past. Um, I don't know much other than I've seen you look very different in your photos. I know you were a football player, um, uh, a really good one. And so tell me a little bit about the past. Yeah. So speaking of those stories, um, I've had quite the story. 
And for me, it started out when I was extremely young. Um, I grew up the classic, and I don't mind saying this. I'll probably trigger some people, but oh well. Um, I grew up the fat kid, and that's literally how I was labeled. That's how I labeled myself. That was the story I was telling myself. And, you know, I was probably clinically obese the majority of my adolescence. And from that, you know, developed a lot of mental health issues, depression, anxiety, um, just always being left out. There was a lot of bullying in my past just from being the fat kid. Um, some, you know, some of those stories just, they stick with you. Um, even now, while I've reframed them and they're powerful for me now and help me do what I do, they affected me for a long time, <clears throat> getting bullied because of my weight. Um, and, you know, I had to find outlets. And for me, athletics was my outlet. It was a, it was a place where even though it's not right, I could seek external validation and gain some self-worth. Mm -hmm. So that's why I went so head on into athletics and was able to achieve some success. You know, <clears throat> excuse me. I was a, um, I was a high school and college football American. Um, and that's, that was the only way I knew to attain any kind of happiness was by showing others that, that I could do it um, by showing others that I could actually fit in through my athletic prowess. But what that, really amounted to, um, I mean, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot longer story, but I know we're, I know we're going to condense time a little bit. Um, I got up to about 310 pounds, my senior year of college, and I'm six foot two, 310 pounds. And I was struggling, man. I was, you know, taking painkillers every day, binge drinking every weekend. Um, and it was because no one ever taught me how to deal with emotions. No one ever taught me how to actually deal with all the turmoil that was going on inside of me. So just bouncing back and forth between anxiety and depression, I'll get home from practice some days. And because I didn't know how to deal with my emotions, I mean, I'm, I was 20, 21 years old at the time. And this huge all American football player, I get home from practice and start crying. Um, just because like I had a bad day and had no clue how to process these emotions that I was feeling. So what that led me to was um, one of those if this then that scenarios where I finished playing college football and because I had a plethora of injuries I have a rather thick medical charges from football um, I had this if this then that scenario of if I lose the weight then I'll be happy mm -hmm. so that was what I focused on and within the course of a calendar year I lost right at like 105 pounds and what I realized was I lost all that weight and fixed my physical appearance yes. and didn't solve one issue that I was actually dealing with. And that led to another seven years of suffering because I had yet to go on that mental fitness journey, that emotional fitness journey that has really brought me to where I'm at today. Yeah. Oh man. So I have this friend, her name's Tulin Emery, and she often speaks about the weight between your ears that you can lose all the weight in the world and, and get in all the shape. But if you don't lose that weight between your ears, then you're never truly going to feel happy or accomplish or whatever it is, fill in the blank. So, um, uh, that's where it started for you. You lost the weight. How did you recognize? Okay. Well, this didn't help this. Now, what do I do? Like, where did that conversation come up? How did that come about in your head? All right, let's get into this story. This is a fun <laughs> one too. Um, so when I got out of college, 
Um, I graduate. I graduated with an MBA in finance. I had two degrees and a master's, just because I was, of course, living according to what society wanted of me and what my parents wanted of me. Not of what I mean. I got a finance degree, and I hate math and numbers. If that tells you how much I was living according to external validation, other than internal validation. Um, so, you know, I get out. I start a business. I start following the quote unquote American dream. Um, I'm building a career. I get engaged. We, we were in the process of buying a house together, like checking all the boxes of societal success. And within the course of a three month period, um, I realized that my business partner was stealing all of my money and I went dead broke. Um, a couple weeks later, my fiance and I called it quits after five and a half years. And we were a month out from the wedding, AKA oh everything God. was already scheduled and paid for, including the house that we were under contract to buy. Um, and then right after that, the apartment that I was living in got broke into and everything I got stolen. Oh my goodness. So I'm dead broke, single and homeless all within the course of like a three month period. And like, that was just low of low for me. I mean, I was 20, I was 29 at the time and had to move back in with my dad into that room that I grew up in as a little kid. And I fell into a deep, deep, dark depression um, for a while. And during that depression, of course, like, you know, I was working a job that I absolutely hated working. I was working like 78 hours a week. I would just come home, come get in bed. And I was gaining weight. Even after my weight loss journey, I was gaining weight again. Um, I was just, you know, just living this constant cycle of why am I here? Like you're a failure, bro. Like that was the story I started telling myself was you tried, you're not good enough and you failed. Mm -hmm. And that literally was on repeat that record was playing on repeat every day in my brain and after about nine months of that um i was actually laying in i, I had like a really good day at work um looking back it was it was like one of the best days um in that job that i hated but it was a good day because i made like seven grand in a day hmm. um i was selling cars which i absolutely hate doing um, I will never do that again, but it was, an, it was a way I knew that I could make some money, get back on my feet. So I was selling cars and I sold three cars in a Saturday and made about, I think like seven grand that day. And I get home that night and I'm, I'm not vibrating quite as low. I have a little uptick in my vibrational energy. So I'm like, you know what? I would love to go have a drink with a couple of friends tonight. And I pull out my phone and I start looking through my phone. And it hit me like, bro, you don't have any friends left. Like you've told everyone because of your depression, you've told everyone in your life know so much that you don't have any friends left. Um, and it just it like that feeling just like overcame me of not only are you a failure, but you're alone now. Um, and because of all my athletic injuries, I had plenty of bottles of painkillers that I never took. Um, once I got out of college, but I had, I had full bottles. So I went and grabbed one of those full bottles and I went and made myself a drink <clears throat> and I was, uh, I went back and crawled into bed because that was my safe space. And I was literally about to down the whole bottle of pills because I was like, this is probably the easiest way to go. Um, I would just, I would just go to sleep and not wake up. 
I mean, obviously, like if I'm alone and I'm a loser, what what contribution am I having to society? What what good am I doing here? Um, I would probably be not as much of a burden if I just left. And I'm also tired of the freaking pain. I'm tired of feeling this way. And I was laying there, like staring at this pill bottle <clears throat> with this drink in my hand. And I, like my whole life started like running through my brain. And it hit me like, God, this cannot be your life. Like, this cannot be what you're put on this earth for to work 70 hours a week with no friends, nobody, and to just work and die. Like, that's not why you're here. And I started like thinking like back through some of my past successes of being an All-American, the traveling I have done, um, being a finalist for one of the best players in the country at my position, um, and some of the great friends that I had before I started telling everybody no, I started like going through all this. I'm like, man, you are probably meant for more. Like there's something out there for you. You can't stop right now. You can't quit. Just freaking start getting back on your feet and making progress. And that was actually probably the third attempt, like not really attempt, but time I had thought about it and got close to doing it. But that was a time that I finally made the decision, like something has to change. You're meant for more than this. Oof, absolutely. I think, first of all, thank you for sharing that. Um, I think it's super important to share those things. I, I had been in similar, this is why I think you and I connected very well at the beginning is I've been in similar situations where it was like just a matter of, okay, here's the tools in front of me. Am I going to do it or aren't I? Like what's going on? And you're at that moment of shit or get off the pot. Like, what are you doing? Right. Um, so clearly both of us decided to, I don't know, did we shit or get off the pot? I don't know, <laughs> but we, we made the change. Right. And, yep. um, I just feel like so many people are in that position where they don't think that there's any different out there for them than where they're at, you know? And so they never take that next step to, okay, this can't be life. This can't be my life forever. What do I do next? They just continue to go through, okay, well, this is my life. So what did, what inspired you? What did you do next to take you from this pill bottle that you're looking at? No friends. Yeah. You made seven grand. So that was cool. But like, not, it wasn't enough to, for you to not want to end your life. Right. So what happened next? Like what was the next step for you? So from that decision, um, I, I didn't know what I was doing at the time but this has actually been like one of the paramount things that are in my coaching business. And you know, this now is I literally asked myself, like, what, what can I do to get myself back on track? Like, what's the smallest thing I can do to start making progress. <clears throat> and for me, the gym had always been an outlet for me. So I, I just, I seriously just made the commitment to show up at the gym. Like, I don't care if you work out or not, but you're going to get dressed and you're going to cross the threshold of the gym. You're going to walk in the door. You can turn around and walk out, but you're going to walk in the door. And I just made that commitment to myself, and I wasn't going to allow myself to not fulfill that. And keep in mind, I was working 70 to 80 hours a week at this point. So the only time I could go was at like 530 in the morning, and I hate mornings. Same. I am not a morning person. So, you know, it's like it was even harder for me to do that, make that commitment. But I did. I made that commitment. And through making that commitment of just showing up, I was like, all right, bro, you're here. You might as well do something. So I would go when it's like half ass a workout. I was like, 
sit down and move some weights around and work out for like 20, 30 minutes and leave. And it was, it was tough at first, but what I, what I started to notice was just by keeping that commitment I made to myself, I started to gain some momentum and I started actually like going into the gym and actually trying. Mm-hmm. And I started going in the gym and put it in like actually following a workout routine. And then I was like, you know what? Like we're working out now. Like let's actually clean up our crappy diet. And I'd, I'd put on, because of my depression, I'd put on like 40 pounds of not good weight. Um, so I was like, okay, let's clean up the diet. And then once I got in the habit of cleaning up the diet and working out again, then I started listening because I had about a 30 minute drive to the gym in my um, office every day. I started listening to, you know, Tony Robbins and Eric, the hip hop preacher. Like I started listening to the OGs of the personal growth world. Another guy, um, Greg Plitt who is kind of like the motivational speaker in workout world. Um, he's, he's, he's passed away now, but I started to like listen to these guys. So I, I'm getting like my physical diet. I'm getting my nutrition. Now I'm starting to work on my mental diet. And I just, I just kept progressing and I kept just moving forward. And the crazy thing was, is about, about six months after I'd started this journey from almost ending it, I, uh, I got a new job doing commercial real estate. And it was, it was a blessing because, you know, company car company benefits completely changed from what I was doing. And I was driving home one day and I'd keep in mind, like I just bought a house too. Like I, um, like during this recovery process, like I went ahead and bought a house cause I had a new job and I was like, cool, let's, let's, you know, get my life back together. And I was driving home one day in my company car, you know, just leaving the gym. And I was listening to a comedy station on XM radio. And keep in mind, when you go through like tough times, which I'm sure everyone has, and you go through like really bad depression like that, you almost forget what joy and happiness feels like. Mm -hmm. It was probably a two year, two to three year period of my life, even when I was with my ex-fiance, because our relationship was so toxic, that I didn't, I like, I didn't smile. And anytime I did smile, it was completely fake mask that I was wearing. I didn't experience like real joy and happiness for probably a two to three year period. So I was driving home this day and I caught myself as I was pulling into my neighborhood. I was in my car by myself laughing out loud at this comedy station. And it just hit me. It's like, holy shit. This is what it feels like to be happy. This is what joy feels like. And I had enough awareness at the time to make another commitment to myself, which has been one of the hardest, best commitments I've ever made in my life. I made the commitment in that moment when I found joy again to never lose this person. Mm-hmm. Like I made the commitment to 100% be this version of myself for the rest of my life. And that's, that's when I really got, it, got into the deep work of personal growth, growth after I made that commitment. Oof. First of all, okay. Success leaves clues. Okay. And I knew a little bit about your story, but the exact same kind of formula happened for me in this low spot, wanting to take my life. Um, I didn't make the decision on my own to get in shape, but I went to a friend and my friend said, Hey, let's just start at work. So I started working out with a semi-professional women's tackle football player. Right. And, nice. uh, right. And she was awesome and bringing me to the gym and it, and it led me to another thing. And I started eating right. And then I started listening to personal development as well. Like success leaves clues. If you are where Robbie and I was before 
success leaves clues. Get your body moving, fuel your body with water and, and good food and, and, and your mind with, with good things, personal development and growth. And we'll talk more about that later. But so there you are, you're driving home, you're finally feeling joy. And I know exactly what you're talking about, because I remember that moment for myself. I found, you know, every day in my life, I was not happy. I didn't know what that meant anymore. At that point in my life, I was 27 years old, and things started to shift and change. And not only was I smiling, but I found myself in my head just thanking God. Like, and I'm like, where did that thought even come from? But it was true gratitude, joy and happiness and like, smiling so hard that it hurts. I'm like, oh my God, I forgot what it was like to smile without me having to make myself smile. That's an amazing feeling. Um, so you're driving home, you committed to yourself to never, to never lose that, right? So my question here is, how did you go from a, a commercial real estate to what you do today, which is inspiring and, and uh, helping people to be undeniable, right? Is That's like your thing. How, how did that shift happen? So- once I started getting into a little bit more of a state of abundance, one of the natural things that happens when you start being abundant is you want to share that. So during my depression, I, I'd gotten away from helping people. Um, one thing I didn't go over is like when I first lost all my weight, um, even though I was like working in investments and finance, I always like had a side gig as a personal trainer, not so much for the money, just because like I loved doing I loved sharing with other people how to go through the journey that I went through. So for a long time, I was coaching people in their health. I was doing health coaching and I'd gotten away from it during my depression. But when I, when I started like <clears throat> getting back on this journey to health, I started helping people again. And I was just doing it for free just because I want to help people. I want to get back into coaching. Cause I, I just, I loved, loved what happens when, you know, somebody has those light bulb moments in their life. And I started getting better at it and I started taking on more clients. And then finally, um, someone approached me about writing a book. And my first thought was complete like limiting beliefs. Hell no, I'm not a writer. I don't have like what makes me special? What makes me any different than anyone else? I just lost some fat. Like what? Like I don't understand. And it was about a six month process of being hounded before I finally said, okay, I will at least sit down and hear you out. I didn't even say yes. I was just like, I'll, I'll hear you out because I'm not a writer. Um, I hate, like English is still probably my least favorite subject because all the rules and stuff I don't really like. Um, but I, I heard him out and I'm like, you know what? I'm, this was kind of the realization I had. I'm helping people on a one-to-one -one basis and I can only help so many people on a one-to-one -one basis, but a book might be an opportunity where I can help on a, on a much larger scale. And this is like pre-social media. Um, this was 2005. Like we had social media, but it wasn't the influencer social media that we have now. So there was no real outlet to help a lot of people, at least in my limited perspective at the time. So I sat down um, over the course of the next six months and wrote this book. <clears throat> and funny thing, when I published my book, I wrote the entire book and became a best-selling author without my boss at the time knowing. <laughs> I even asked for time off, vacation time, so I could go to LA for a publishing event. And when I got back from LA, of course, like the local news picked up on my book, the newspapers picked up on my book, and they're celebrating me for being a best-selling author. I'm like, shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> um, and finally, like a month of like us going into meetings, 
um, and us meeting with other real estate professionals, everybody's congratulating me on this book. <laughs> My boss finally calls me into his office and he's like, hey, what's up with this book thing everybody keeps asking you about? Because he still had no clue. And I told him, I'm like, well, you know, I wrote a book over the last six months, became a best-selling author. And his response was, well, if you have that much time and energy to write a book, you're obviously not applying it to your job. So you, sh you should go do the book thing. Oh. He, basically he basically fired me. And wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was quite an interesting time in my life. Um, through that firing, though, it really presented me with options and opportunity because like what was going through my head was, do I go back into you know, the business world and have someone dictate my future? Or do I take this success that I have and ride this momentum and go do what I really want to do, which is scary as hell, because mm -hmm. I had never really been a solo entrepreneur before. But I was like, okay, if you're going to do it, now is the time to do it. And that's, I made that decision to go out and become a full-time entrepreneur coach, um, which has led me through some interesting things. Um, I've been a personal chef through that, um, cooking healthy meals for people. I've been on the road with rock bands. Um, mm -hmm. I've done some really, really fun things. But what what that really honestly did for me was it, it made me become a better version of myself. I I couldn't I couldn't coach people in places that I haven't first taken myself. And that was always my obsession was how to be the most efficient, effective change maker in someone's life I can be, which is why I moved from health coaching to this human optimization, mental optimization coaching I'm doing now, where it's more of a holistic mind, body, soul approach to helping someone really become undeniable. Wow. So you, the universe kind of just told you what was up. Like you weren't even ready to leave your job, but the universe is like, no, this is the path for you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I love how that works. Um, okay. Well, that's pretty cool. So you had this limiting belief about writing a book. You know, I think a lot of people probably do like, you know, you think of a book and you think like professors and, and this, that, and the other thing, but um, really it's just a story that we're sharing. And if that story can connect with other people, then and inspire them if your book is like probably yours and mine our thought is we want to inspire people uh it really doesn't matter grammar and stuff because you have somebody that can take care of that right yep. somebody who's good at that you just got to get your message out and you did that and clearly it shifted your life to where you are today which i can always tell just talking to robbie well first of all guys i want you to know i know you can't see him but if you see robbie he's like freaking machine his muscles are popping like everybody that sees him they're like oh who's this guy so you would never know that there was a time where he was overweight depressed wanting to take his life you know it's and people sometimes say that to me oh i didn't know i would never know well yeah, of course you did you wouldn't it's not necessarily something that people share but the reason that we do is so that we can inspire other people to let them know that they can make that change you have to shift the script in your head change your story you can and it's up to you so I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I usually have a question that I ask towards the end of an interview that is if you could speak to your childhood self, maybe the one, I don't know, for me, it's always nine. For some reason, I always go to the age of nine. Everything, everyone has an age that pops up the first thought in their head, the first age that comes to mind when they were kids. If you could go back to that child and, and share something with them, it, it could be advice. It could be, you know, whatever. What would you say? Be unapologetically you. It's <clears throat> that's been the biggest lesson I've learned in my life 
was, you know, growing up obese, growing up fat, you think the only way for you to get validation in the world is through people pleasing and by becoming a yes man and by bending over backwards to try to please everyone else at the detriment of your own mental and emotional health. And that's honestly how I spent the first, you know, 29 years of my life. Um, I was wearing, actually at one point, my friends who kind of knew me a little better than most called me the politician (laughs) because of how fake I was. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I would always wear a mask when I went out in public of this like happy, friendly person, even though that was not really who I was. Um, But it was just, I was always seeking validation. I was always seeking other people's approval to tell me that I was good enough, to tell me I belonged in this world, to tell me that, you know, hey, we actually do like you. And now what's so funny is I've spent so much time working on myself and raising my energy and vibration that all I do is show up in the world as myself, which, oh, by the way, is a lot easier and takes way less effort. Um, I just show up as myself in the service of love and people actually like me more because of it. Mm-hmm. Like I just show up and love on people and not have to overly think about how I show up, who I show up as. I don't have to think about those things because I just show up as myself and love on people. And I have better, more meaningful relationships because of it. People actually accept me. And the biggest thing that I realized was when I show up as that version of myself, that high vibrating, loving version of myself, anyone who rejects that. I'm thankful for their rejection. If you don't love me for me, then you are showing me that you don't want to be in my life anyway. And I don't want you in my life. If you don't want, if you don't accept me, love me for me, then you're doing me a favor by rejecting me. And that's, that's honestly like, you know, I don't regret how I grew up because it's, it's made me so convicted in my passions now, but I could see my life being a lot less stressful if I would have learned that lesson a lot earlier on, just be you and love on people. Oof, a hundred percent. I know I'm, I'm in the same boat where, Hey, it unfolded perfectly because it led us to where we are today. And if you could give that advice to somebody else, or maybe somebody that's at the beginning, like just be yourself because you, you know, if you have to get up and put that mask on every day, that's tiring. So tiring. It's tiring. Exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. And you know, like it's, it's such a crazy fear. Like literally the reason we put on the mask is we're scared of being rejected. Mm -hmm. Like it goes back to that, that primal tribal instinct. um, Because in the old days when you're ostracized from the tribe, it pretty much meant death. Mm -hmm. Yet today we still think rejection means death. No, it's just death of your stupid little ego. Calm down. (laughs) No one's going to kill you. Um, so we, we fear rejection of a fake version of ourselves. We fear rejection of something that's not even us. Yet, if we would just be real, we would find out that people would actually like us more and be accept, accepting of us more just by being our real selves. Like, it's such a contradiction. You know, the first time I was on stage and opened up about my, uh, my suicide attempt, Oh man, it was so weird. 
my mom was actually in the audience and she had never heard the story before. Um, and I wasn't prepared to tell the story, but just the line of questioning led there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, screw it. Here we go. And I told the story. And most people are scared to death to tell that story because of what others might think. But what happens is when you tell a story like that, it gives other people permission to connect and share their story. And they accept you more because of it, because now like, holy shit, this person thinks like me, I've been through that too. You know, it just builds that human connection. So much of what we fear is actually what divides us. And it's craziness when we would just be authentic, loving and real with people. That's really what drives human connection. That's what drives rapport. That's what allows people to see you as themselves. And it's just like, it's such a duality of thought and it's hard to really understand until you experience it. Once you experience what it's like to drop the mask and connect with somebody as the real you, you realize like, holy shit, this isn't so scary. And actually I'm able to have a conversation without 10,000 pounds on my back. Yes. And I'm able to, I'm able to connect in a freeing way. And it's so powerful. And I encourage everyone to go and just explore that. It's like, go meet a stranger and just have like a real conversation with them. And you realize that like the realness is why they accept you. The mask is why they reject you. Uh-huh. And honestly, it's a great way to close out this episode because number one, I think it's so important, especially in today's day and age with social media and everything, we really are losing. Like there are so many masks when what's needed is what's under the mask. You know, it, they need for us to share, hey, I was here. It's it's normal. Like you go through these things and it's okay. And there's a way out and here's how I did it and, and share and connect with other human beings beyond like, okay, likes, views, whatever. That's great. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's great to go viral or something like that. But what's your message? Like, are you being yourself or are you being somebody else and getting it? Like, how are you getting those likes? Are you sharing something that's going to help people? That's going to create a ripple in the world. That's going to help to create positive change within others, which is one of my goals, at least a million person ripple. So maybe I interview you, the people listening here, that story, they get to share it with somebody else. And even if it's tweaked just a little bit, their path is tweaked a little bit because they heard your message. Like that's what's up. So um, yeah, thank you for sharing in it. And it is scary to, to share about anything like that because our society wants us to put the mask on for some reason. We don't want to see those stories, but guess what? That's what human beings go through. They need to hear it. And um, so I'm grateful for you for coming on today and sharing that story. Um, is there anything else you want to share uh, with anybody? Oh, what's next for you? Tell me one more. What, what's coming up next for you? What's like one thing that's coming up? Um, so I actually, uh, I don't even know if I've told you this, I've started writing my next book. Yeah. Um, like the, the, the biggest two things I'm excited about this year, other than like just growing business and all that is I'm writing my next book and I'm going to try to become a professional bodybuilder. Nice. <laughs> that's my, that's my biggest goals for this year. Um, by the way, what was the name of your first book? The struggle is real. The struggle is real. Oh yeah. Um, and I will share all of that in the, um, in the episode notes, if you guys want to check out Robbie, um, all his social media, his books, all the things. Um, and yeah, this, anything you want to leave us with? Yeah. What I'll actually do, um, like listeners came to me is, uh, I wrote an ebook called the call to adventure, mm-hmm. um, which is really about like your responsibility to do something great with your life, mm-hmm. but also your capability to do something great with just a little paradigm shift. Um, I will make that free 
to this group. Um, and Jamie, Jamie will include the link in the show notes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you guys were, were blessed with an amazing human today. I'm so happy that you're, you're number one listening and um, that you got to experience Robbie. Talk to you guys soon. All right, guys, that was Robbie D'Angelo. Um, I hope that you found value in this episode. And like I said, if you did, please head over and leave us a review. If you want to know how to get yourself some more of Robbie, um, check the show notes. I'm going to add how to follow him on social media and, and all of that good stuff. And uh, yeah, until next time.